1: doctor
0: look stand aside
2: nurse I'm dr homebrew
1: clear. Oh.
3: what's up everybody thanks for joining us on another episode of dr homebrew and we have a good show for you we have the same style of beer which is one of my it used to be one of my favorite styles it used to Suck this down like I was milking the teat of life. Or something like that. Know. <laughs> uh, it's nut brown ale. And uh, God, man, Sam Smith's was just... That was like, you go there, you splurge a little bit at the BevMo. Um, anyway, so we have a homebrew version of that. And then, of course, we also have a commercial. Sam Smith's nut brown ale, which I'm very, very excited about. Such a good style. Such a good brewery. God, I wish... Wish I lived closer. I want to go there one day. You know, and they if you've had this beer before from Sam Smith's and you're like, ah, it's skunky or whatever, the clear bottle. They went brown bottles years ago, so they're safer now. Go get it. Treat yourself. It's good stuff. But we're going to be talking nut brown ale here on the show today. That's right. And I'm excited. It's going to be a little commercial calibration first, which we usually do the homebrew first, but... We're gonna go ahead. We're gonna set the bar really high for our guest. That's mm, what it mm, is. Mm, mm, <laughs> mm.
0: You know, I always loved the Sam Smith's Nut Brown. Yeah. But the te- the Teddy Porter was always oh, my Ted-caster. jam. Yeah, dude. Uh, uh, that that stuff was amazing. It that, is amazing.
3: Yeah, that stuff is good. For me, I mean Nut Brown is just, is is great, but um it
2: was the uh the oatmeal stout. Can we talk yep. date yeah. codes, you guys? Um, um sure. I did a little research on it, so the, apparently, you know, the, the date code on mine is a well, it's SH twenty four U one. So, where do you find that, that, by the way? Well, I looked it up and I found on a on a homebrew chat. The, no, I mean, on the bottle, but it? I got it. It's on the oh, neck. It's, it's printed right on the neck under the gold foil. Yeah, S. So uh, the S I think is just for for Samuel Smiths, and then uh the H is uh the it, the eighth letter of the alphabet which is equates to the eighth month of the year. So it's an August 24th and U is the 21st letter in the alphabet. So it's August 24th, 2021 that I've got here. Okay. I believe, I I, I believe. I think I
3: have, can't go away, dude. You're fucking retarded. (laughs) Um, I have, I think I have S L A three U one is what I think I have. I mean, it's kind of like rubbed off a little bit.
2: Yeah. Can't really see that. Oh, maybe you can't actually. Maybe I'm wrong then. Yeah, I don't know. See, now
3: no, I kind no. of want to go no. get another bottle just to see if it's rubbed off too. <laughs> but um, so the the one at the end is the year. So this would be 2021.
2: Because L would be the 12th month and the U would be 2021. Yeah. So December. Yours is uh four months fresher than mine in theory. Hell yeah. yeah,
3: right. But it's still... 10 months old <laughs> yeah that's well, very got, scary Brian.
0: for a style like this man i don't know no my mine is sitting out in my kitchen which i could run up and get but it's not that exciting enough to do yeah it's exciting uh, to me there is something exciting that i i found on their on the sam smith's website so you go to like their sam smith's brewery and there's the usual stuff on the top about bottles draft uh recipes pubs then there's a link called run a pub And I'm gonna watch JP get really excited here. Okay. You click on that and it says run a Sam Smith's pub. We're looking for couples to manage our pubs, preferably local to the pub. In Mm -hmm. every case, a good manager's flat is provided rent-free with no utility costs. We prefer to recruit couples who haven't run a pub before and are from the communities near to where our pubs are situated. And I'm thinking right off the bat, this is ideal for, you know, you, you and Taryn, right? Well, you can just start. Yeah, but we don't live local to a pub. Well, that that's the thing is you have to uh, you're, you're we're between uh, Edinburgh to Cardiff and Carlisle to London. So sadly, Brentwood is not going to be the no. place they're going to be excited about doing that. No, they don't but char- it sounds cool. But, you know, they don't charge for training. All the managers are salaried. You have both uh, both of you have to work full time in the pub and have no other job. <laughs> Easy. Uh, but oh damn it here's the thing we don't have music tvs or fruit machines in our pubs we don't allow swearing damn it you don't have negligible trouble yeah
2: jp might have a little trouble with that last part Mm -hmm. yeah well
3: yeah i can't watch soccer and you can't mean you can't play the slot machine that's fine who cares but uh yeah that's wild man that's yeah Yeah, the the cursing is
2: what i I was more talking oh
3: no i know yeah for sure absolutely well for the end for the soccer too don't get me wrong yeah Uh, before we get into the beer though i do want to remind you guys to go to fivestarchemicals.com and uh you know send them an email actually if you want and thank them for sponsoring the show Uh, but the best way to thank them is to start buying their products if you haven't already or if you are to keep doing that keep using the products in your brewery you got the star sand you got the sand clean if you want get the pbw you got a whole bunch of cool stuff over there to clean and sanitize your home brewing equipment and go to the website while you're there learning a little bit about what they do and maybe uh, get some tips and tricks on how to you know, better apply these cleaning products to your to your homebrew cleaning regimen. Sign up for their five star homebrew club program. They uh, sometimes have you test out products from five star before they're even on the market, uh, free monthly educational sessions and then uh, a bunch of other cool stuff. So check it out. Five star
2: homebrew club program over at five star don't, you can go to the website and email them and all that, but just go buy their products in your local homebrew shop and insist on their products there. Uh, most, you know, self-reputable, self-respecting homebrew shops would already have that, but uh, yeah, it's uh, good products and yeah, you can clean a lot more than just your brewing equipment with them. All right, let's dive into this beer.
3: I just had a sip and, you know, honestly, it doesn't taste like an 11-month-old beer. Actually, it kind of does a little bit. I don't know. I love it still. I'm still drinking it. Let's run through it. Who wants yeah. to go? Cooper, you want you
2: usually lead us through these. Well, I yeah. So I I was expecting a little more. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, this travels so far. And it it it's been in the bottle. Mine has been in the bottle if the date codes are correct or if I'm interpreting them right, a lot longer than a year. So I'm surprised there's not a lot of um oxygen character in this. It's really not like cardboardy. You can tell that some of the the flavors have, have surely dulled down over the course of that you know the 14 months that this has been in here so but it does does have a pleasant malt aroma um a little chocolatiness in the background um not super toffee like but definitely some nuttiness um a little caramel underneath but it's yeah i I do get that that characteristic kind of earthy hop that's coming alongside it and balancing out the malts which is nice a little floral earthy hop is welcome in the beer But it's not strictly necessary. But I think for you know to balance to balance the malt a little bit, you want to have something there hop wise. It's a nice clear beer. Uh, It's despite being so we're looking at category thirteen B in the uh, the guidelines. Despite it being named a British brown ale, it can vary from dark amber to a dark reddish brown color. So there's a lot of range for this. Um, This is more on the you know the reddish side it's a uh, reddish amber i guess you could say reddish dark amber it's not really brown uh, despite the name being brown on the label and everything it's you know almost a misnomer for the style because you if you're a, a hard-nosed judge you say well this isn't a brown it's read the guidelines it, it, it's got a lot of more range range allowed for the style so this is perfectly fine the appearance is perfect um Nice and clear, a little low, light tan head that's sticking around and clinging to the edges of the glass. Uh, very nice. Flavor-wise, it's got a pretty smooth malt quality to it, and it's not cloyingly sweet here at all. It's it's fairly uh, dry, but the the malt sweetness is not like really bold or biting or sharp or roasty. It's got this nice, you know, kind of caramel with a little chocolate in the background and uh i have a semi-dry finish to it where it's you know it's kind of malty but there's a there's a fair enough amount of complexity there that it keeps it interesting but it's not you know like some american beers just let's go to town with this and put more of the chocolate more of the hops and more of everything else and woohoo you know it's it's got a little bit of hop to it, but not much. There's not a lot of bitterness from hop. I would say more of the bitterness is probably coming from the the malts, but even that is low.
3: Could the it's, age or yeah. treatment of the beer, because these probably aren't refrigerated on the way over. No, And then they get they come into port on the East Coast and come all the way across the, the
2: country. It, could it be heat damage that it has a little bitterness to it? I don't know that's going to bring up bitterness. It could, you know, it could be that some of the, as the malt flavors age out, you get a little bit more of that uh, being noticeable. Mm. Um, But, you know, it's again, it's, I didn't, I didn't think that it was bitterness. It was heavy on the bitterness. It's, there's a nice little edge of bitterness there, but, and with a little, little bit of hop, a little, little English hop character in there, lightly earthy that's there balancing the malt it doesn't really have to have any hot flavor but it says a little bit um it can have a little little edge of fruitiness to it as well it can have a little bit of uh you know kind of dark malt ester or dark darker fruit esters mm-hmm. uh even a little raisininess would, wouldn't hurt you know um this has a little little bit of fruitiness to it yeah yeah the dark fruit
3: like a dark I don't know, a light like a lighter plum kind of dark
2: cherry thing, just a little bit or maybe a little fig like or kind of almost yeah. sweet tobacco or so you know yeah. that's not a that's fruit, not a fruit, fruit. but yeah
3: <laughs> my favorite fruit is sweet tobacco yeah, know if you mm-hmm. that or not. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. kids love that yeah they really so, do good for you yeah tobacco. Yeah, and this is a kind of a media, middle of the road uh, strength wise beer. It's going to be four to um, five point two. This one in particular is uh, five point zero said. percent alcohol. Oh, yeah, on the back of the label. So it's right down the the middle uh, into a four two to five four. So they can be actually pretty light. Four two is a real session strength. There's a, uh, there's a there's a quote from
3: Michael Jackson on the back that just says he he and i don't know no it says uh sam samuel Uh, smith has uh, uh. the richest maltiest and nuttiest of the brown ales yes and i would uh you know tend to agree but also how many other beer writers do you know that are quoted on bottles of beer that are widely distributed like around the world like that's pretty neat man look at that head i mean it's just head for days Yep.
0: You can tell this beer isn't married, right, guys? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was talking about Michael Jackson to people who aren't beer people, and they mm-hmm. think about like why did the king of pop write about beer? He never yeah. did that. Well, <laughs> yeah, you're fooling me. Uh, he was all about the propofol. Mm. Mm. That was supposed to be funny. Well, uh, we sorry, both went, Michael Jackson. We miss you. We both went. Hmm. You, you both made a noise. It was yeah. a dad joke. It worked out. Yeah. Yeah, so um,
2: if if you know when you get a brown ale, if you're expecting something like a porter, it's it's not going to be there. This is much softer and smoother, and gentler than an English porter, or especially an you know American and robust porter. It's you know it's stronger than than uh, the the London brown ale is a little different animal, but it's you know, uh, you know it's a little uh, stronger than that. That's that's okay. usually a little more sessiony, but. Um, it's yeah. it is sort of reminiscent
3: kind of of a newcastle brown ale which maybe that's why i like newcastle so much so sort of like cut my teeth on brown ales on this the way that newcastle used to be it, bro don't even get me started log me but i, I, I like, that brand up so much dude yeah. i hate that beer yeah it's so bad it's terrible but out. you know what
0: i I was never a huge fan of of the Nuki. Mm. uh this i think always had a little more flavor it was a little smoother there was always something a little objectionable about newcastle brown to me
3: Mm -hmm. well i think it was the clear bottles the clear bottles it was always pretty much yeah light struck every once in a while i could find it in cans
2: yep and when you found it in cans oh god absolutely fucking night and day so that's yeah that's the same style it's it's another 13b as is the the witchwood hobgoblin if you can find a can of that uh or a bottle of that somewhere um another good example of the style uh but yeah i'm enjoying this one even though it is older if you handed it to me and said you know how old do you think this beer is I, i doubt that i'd guess 14 months and it's yeah and it was warm on a shelf when i bought it which is interesting so same dude um, it says a lot for their packaging once you get down to the you know the extremely technical you know side of getting your oxygen down to the tiniest fraction of you know how many parts per billion it'll preserve a lot longer even if it's not abused but somewhat stored less than ideally Mm -hmm. it's a little more forgiving when you have that low of oxygen in there so been, brown brown ale has been around and hit in uh great Britain for a long time um you know the modern brown ale is a 20th century creation as a bottled product it's not the same as the historical versions of brown ale so if you read about brown ale from you know the 19th century or before it's they're talking about the different beer but you know most of the beers we're tasting are in the guidelines or have come around you know the last 50 years or, or less it seems like maybe maybe a little longer something obviously some of them the germ some of the german styles and stuff but you know styles morph as thing as commercial tastes uh you know evolve and demand evolves just like yeah. what's happened in our careers as judges you know to to beer styles some of the american beer styles it's like tasting an ipa from the 90s versus a you know with god considered ipa now or a pale ale like we've talked about yeah so well that was the good that was the good times yeah you know now
3: it's just close to a session ipa and you know what are you gonna do uh char you've been quiet unusually quiet what's going on what do you think about this beer you think brian cooper is taking us through the right way you agree with these styles why am i yelling at you i'm shouting
0: I think he's doing it the right way. All right, good. I want to uh, back up just a little bit, and I'm going to read to us from the website just a couple of things about this beer. Uh, the Sam Smith's Nut Brown Ale is brewed with well water. The original well at the old brewery sunk in 1758. So this is a, that's, that's a well that's 250, is older than the United States. Uh, I still in use. I, I know it's amazing. The hard well water being drawn from 85 feet underground. Made with the best barley malt, of course, yeast, aromatic hops, fermented in stone Yorkshire squares. Yeah, a uh, quite a relatively dry ale with rich nutty color and a palette of beech nuts, almonds, and walnuts. I can't say I've had a beech nut. I've had walnuts. I'm not. I'm not getting walnut in in this at all. Are you guys getting walnut?
3: You know what? No, I'm not. Uh, I'm on their website and they have an alcohol free Sam's Brown. And I just I'm looking at all of these Sam Smith beers that we can't get over here and I'm pissed. (laughs) Sorry. I guess
0: in a little bit, walnut has like that weird mouthfeel and I'm not getting. Yeah, Mm. I'm not
3: really. I don't like
0: walnuts either.
3: Yeah, I'm not really. uh, I'm not an expert
0: on walnuts. No, but what's also interesting to me, I look at the ingredients. Water, malted barley, of course, yeast, duck, hops, carbon dioxide, and cane sugar. Interesting. So there, is, so there is cane sugar in this beer. That's I find that really fascinating.
3: I wonder why. Well, probably maybe, to lighten
0: the, lighten
2: the body a little bit and to get it to dry out a little better. They want a drier beer with that malt that's there.
0: Mm. yeah. You know, I wonder if it has to do with the Yorkshire Squares, too. Because as I recall, and maybe it's... The Yorkshire squares, that was like a big thing like 20, 25 years ago. People were, oh, we got to ferment traditional like the British. And the Yorkshire squares were kind of a Solera type system where they were constantly pumping fresh wort in to like these big square stone fermenters and pumping beer out. And I think there was like a diacetyl. Yeah, you get diacetyl tends to be okay in some of the British styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not getting any diacetyl in this at all. No. And maybe no. that has to do with, uh, I don't know, it's kind of fascinating to me about uh, some of these process uh, of items. I should have done a little more research on the Yorkshire Squares first. But, nah, it's all right, man. But this is this is just a really classic style. It's a really clean beer. I do get nut character in the aroma. I don't get the walnut. That's okay. But there is some, some nutty, malty stuff in there. And mm. like we were saying, I mean, this stuff used to come in the clear bottles. And it was always notoriously uh, even then it was not as cardboardy as some examples of things you could find. You put this in a brown bottle and man, it'll survive. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed at how good this is getting it off a warm shelf at BevMo probably a year after it was made.
3: Yeah, it's not it's not terrible. Moving to the uh, brown glass has definitely improved the viability of of their beers. And yeah. honestly, you know what the ciders that they
0: make? are very good too yeah so no, I'm. i i'm sure i haven't had one i'm sure they are so here's something fascinating too i was looking well uh, i kind of got distracted while cooper was talking uh with google street view in Tadcaster. so i'm looking <laughs> i'm kind of driving down the high street here in Tadcaster, and there's a uh this this building that's called the old brewery it's a be- sam smith's the old brewery it's beautiful. Uh, it's a classic old British building. It looks like an apartment house or something until you go around the corner and realize it just goes back a ways and there's a brewery. And then down the street, you see this uh, sign for something called John Smith brewed here. Hmm. And it's a it's another brewery that's owned by Heineken where they made Newcastle Brown. Apparently I went down this rabbit hole a little bit. Again, well, I shouldn't be going down these rabbit holes while we're doing the show. Yeah, But there's Heineken owns it now. And apparently for a few years they made Newcastle Brown at this John Smith brewery, literally down the block from Samuel Smith.
3: Maybe they were the same if, beer. Yeah. Who can we talk <laughs> about this to? Um Ron Pattinson, maybe? He may know.
0: Yeah. I, I, I suspect that way back in the day. I mean, I guess there are a billion Smiths, but I also got to think this must have been that this might have been like a family thing where there was a family feud you know, fucking 200 years ago. And John went over here and Sam went over there and they each made their own beer. Yeah. Well, I said we got Puma out of Adidas,
3: Adidas. Really? Is yeah. that is that a thing? Yeah. Puma was a split from the uh, Adidas shop, I think mm-hmm. is what it was.
0: Um, Yeah, I would I would recommend this. I mean, to our listeners, this is a a lot of times I don't recommend going to a a, a BevMo or Total Wine or any of those buying a warm bottle off the shelf from a different country and expecting to have anything but a horrible experience for whatever, how many dollars you spent for that. This was not terribly expensive. I got the larger bottle. Uh, it was probably what, like seven bucks or something. I mean, it's minus not- 4 dollars So it yeah, made, no, yeah, it was in that ballpark. I mean, it probably was closer to five. It's not like the cheapest thing, but it's not super expensive either. Their packaging is phenomenal. I mean, this should be a cardboardy mess. And the fact that there's still a lot of goodness left in here is really amazing. That's
2: right. You can get it in in, uh, in cans as well. I guess they have a, a canned version of it available. Oh, so God. I don't know if that's here or there, but uh, actually, it looks like yeah, the Total Wine has it for pickup. I don't know, but yeah, you can buy it in cans as well. That would be amazing. Um, uh, but I, I agree. Have we judged this? Have we scored it? I am pleasantly surprised by this this beer. I honestly was not excited about having this beer. Unlike JP, I don't have. I didn't have a good impression of Sam Smith because most of the beer I had was. In the clear bottles from the past that, that sat on mm-hmm. a shelf for many, many, many months and was abused and, you know, just treated poorly and heated up too much and had that weird cardboardy and just the malt just went sideways. This one has a little bit of the essence of the beer left, And if I see it, knowing the date codes, if I see a fresher version of it, like JP's is less than a year old, that's, you know, eight months or whatever, uh, or 10 months, it's 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 a little bit better. Might be worth picking one of these up for for a beer share once in a while, or and just like, hey,
0: do it. Yeah, I, everybody I'd I, I give this
2: a solid forty. There you go.
0: I mean, um,
3: forty. It,
2: yeah. What are you giving a coop? Thirty-eight. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would. I it's tell. Minus older. Mine might be a little older than you guys's too. But yeah, it's, it's a little
3: old. It you know maybe gets a little metallic in the nose a little bit now. I like. The, up, but I think it's still yeah. good. And and this is the the thing we sort of talked about a little bit on the show from time to time. And this is a, a perfect encapsulation of it where you can still have these little flaws in these little ticky tacky one or two things like eh, it's not perfect. It has sharp edges or it has this or it's metallic or whatever, but it's still a very enjoyable, very drinkable beer. And I think when we have like the, the very good section of the score sheets, which is what, like thirty three to thirty eight or whatever the fuck it is. I forget now um, you get yeah. low, mid thirties. It's still technically very good. That's what this is still very good beer. And I don't, I still have three more from the four pack and I will drink them even though it's not fully treated well. There's problems with it. It's still very good. Mm-hmm. It's still a very good beer. Yeah. So yeah, it's really amazing. Yeah. True. One day I will drink this from the source. I promise. Yeah. That, that
2: would be a much better experience. I think Oh and my it's, god! It's, I it's, can't it's the, wait. the richness I of to. malt is, is somewhat lacking the, the, I think that the brightness of a, the, a little bit of the, you know, it's not going to be necessarily sweeter, but I think it's going to taste sweeter with those fresh malt characters there. The nuttiness yeah. is going to pop a little better, yeah. And it's just going to have a little more essence of that that fresh malt in there from the brewery. So, yeah. But still, not bad for for how long it's been out. Excellent.
3: Yeah. All right, everybody, hang on real fast. It's Doctor Homebrew. We're going to be right back with our homebrewed beer, which is also a nut brown ale. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, back to the examination. All right, what's up, everybody? Thanks for hanging on. We have Sean on the line here with us. Sean, welcome back to the show, dude. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. You brewed a nut brown ale. Is this um, something you've done before?
0: Yeah, yes, it is.
3: Okay, is it a style you you enjoy or Yes, actually. There we go. It's hard to get, man. It's still one of those styles that's just hard to find. So if you want a good version of it, you got to uh you got to brew it yourself. You know, it's not like pale ales or IPAs or god, even um like fucking lagers and pilsners and stuff. You can you can, you know, those those have had a resurgence and I'm waiting for the nut brown ale to sort of have its time again, but I don't think it ever will. It's too Old school, you know. It's too old school for I think a lot of people to to care about. I think it's the nut, the word nut in the nut brown ale throws people off. They don't know what to think of it.
1: Yeah, it is a it is a kind of a hard thing to find, like yeah. uh, to, to hit. It's yeah.
3: It's like what is that? Like to explain it, you're like, what is I don't, a nut brown? I don't want nuts. What are you talking about, man?
2: <laughs> Wouldn't want that um okay Although well the, yeah the peanut butter stouts have been popular lately yeah yeah, yeah it's a whole nother it's a thing Nutty beer yeah uh brian
3: Shar. oh ah, why don't you uh start us off here with sean's nut brown ale
0: please well i certainly will so sean thanks for for sharing your beer uh are you in a homebrew club
1: uh yes i am The yes. mad zymergis Boom. Oh. I don't
2: know. know, Oh, just because I started the club. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, uh.
0: No, Mad z's are awesome, kind of the cousin of in a way, like the like the good friends of my club Works of Wisdom. And I guess one of the the what many awesome clubs we have here in the Bay Area. Yeah. When I first, you know, started brewing here,
2: I wanted to join the Bay Area Mashers because I entered the World Cup of Beer. I started to meet some of the guys in that, in that club at the time, Lee Shepard was the president. And Mm -hmm. I asked him, like, how could, how I get involved with your club? And he's like, you know, Oh, the dues are 20 bucks or whatever. You know, this is like 19, you know, 87 or something. Yeah. No, it was not that long ago, but I was like, Oh yeah. I'd have to drive, you know, 40 minutes to get there. Like, okay. That, you know, I I saw the things they did together, and I didn't really go to a club meeting of theirs. Although I, I felt like, oh, I have to pay the dues before I can even go, and I wasn't sure, that, you know, being a guest was okay. I always make it clear in our club too, and nothing nothing against Lee. I, I'm sure, you know, if I want to ask, can can you have guests? here? I'd say, yeah, come on out. But um, I, we always make sure that we you know guests know they're welcome to attend a meeting or two and hang out. So yeah, thanks for uh, being in the Mad Z's and it's fun to have some some new blood in there
1: there
0: you go yeah no it's been it's been uh it's been a lot of fun so far yeah all right char let's do it all right uh so i like this beer a lot i enjoyed this uh aroma uh got low caramel low toffee no hop aroma which is okay for style no esters uh those pleasant and inviting i i did wonder if the toffee that i was getting was maybe diacetyl but a, I don't think so, and B, even if it is in the British styles, a very low amount is usually okay. And I think it's hard sometimes to even pick out. The style guidelines talk about toffee and butterscotch. I mean, geez, if you're not going to talk if you're talking about butterscotch, you can't complain about diacetyl. Uh, having I don't get the mouth slickness, but this is one of those things that I, I got and it was enjoyable in this style. And I am. I didn't didn't knock at all at all for uh, what maybe diacetyl, but maybe not. Eight out of twelve for aroma, appearance three out of three. Uh, I'm holding the glass up to the camera. The huge light tan head is gone, but it was persistent for a while. This beer is crystal clear, copper color. Again, three out of three. Flavor uh, begins with a moderate amount of malt uh, bitterness coming up to balance in mid palate. Low caramel, uh, low toffee, uh, no hop flavor. Again, that's okay. The toffee flavor gets actually made a note as it warms up. The toffee probably comes up to about a medium level for me. It's well attenuated. The finish is long and balanced, maybe slightly toward bitterness. Uh, I looked up the style guidelines and up to 30 IBU is okay for the style. And 30 IBU is quite a bit in like a, a, a lower gravity beer, I think. So, that it can be a, a sort of a robust firm bitterness. And I, I definitely uh, got that here. Uh, 14 out of 20 for flavor. Uh, mouthfeel, five out of five, medium low body, medium low carbonation, no warming, neither astringent nor creamy. Uh, overall impression, uh, seven out of 10 for a total of 37, which is uh, very good. I like this beer a lot. Uh, it's dry, well attenuated, it's flavorful has caramel, has toffee flavors uh, without being cloying, which is really good, I think. The bitterness might be slightly high for the style, but I, I don't know that I would change it because I think it probably is in the high end of the range, but I suspect it's within the range of the style. Uh, I will fess up that you sent us this beer. We might We thought we might do it in the last show. And I popped it open and poured myself some to uh, to judge right before I got the text from Cooper. No, we're not doing it this show. And it was a swing top. So I very sheepishly just closed the bottle again and put go. it back in my fridge. Uh, so it, it was exposed to atmosphere. You know, I I mishandled it with that. And it still came out, I think, really, really nice. I mean, this is a uh, the top end of very good, despite the fact that, I uh committed some Dr. Homebrew malpractice Damn. by uh with what I did. Exactly. <laughs> uh but thank you for sharing. No worries. Uh you scored it? I am oh, sorry, total score was 37. 37. 37. All right.
3: All
2: right, Cooper. It's your turn to uh all round right. out whatever Sharb said. Sad. I don't know. Yeah. Uh the beer came to us in a uh swing top brown bottle. Um and appropriate fill and all of that. Um in the nose I get a, a lightly ro- uh well a light dark malt impression a little bit of kind of a co- um like a coffee like note to it as well um hints of toffee and some nuttiness no hops in the nose lightly fruity with a dark fruit character um i got a hint of diacetyl as it warmed and uh pretty low low smooth alcohol not nothing standing out too much there um appearance wise it's a reddish brown um seems quite clear but it poured with this really crackly head of medium lar- and larger bubbles it just went and just faded real quick to almost to no head it just there's pinpoint bubbles you know continuing to rise throughout the beer um but it, it faded almost immediately to no head uh, so i had to knock a point out for that in the appearance Um. I try not to, it kind of, it was a little off-putting there as well. Wow, I just, I poured it straight down the glass. I thought, you know, waited for that head to form, and it just didn't. I just went, there's things you can do to fix that. Uh, Flavor-wise, it is malt-forward. To me, the flavor lacked some of the richness that was hinted at in the aroma. It's got a little bit of a kind of a, a dulled cocoa character, and it dries off the tongue, and just seemed a little bit watery to me there's There's no real hop here noticeable in the flavor, very low bitterness from the hops um most of the bitterness is from the malt in here. I'm drinking this a lot colder and I'm finding it enjoyable more enjoyable tonight than it was uh when I had my sam- the sample of it last night, but I'm getting that the a light diacetyl in the the bottle from last night. I'm having a hard time getting at the diacetyl in this mm. in this sample, yeah, I don't get any of that. Probably because it is a bit colder, but mm. I'm finding that the there's something in the water in this that's that's coming across a bit uh minerally to me like maybe um a little too high on the like the gypsum like you know uh minerals uh it's like calcium sulfate kind of high kind of biting minerality um it's not really sharp or really harsh or anything uh, but it's it's noticeable to me like somebody maybe um, put a a little much on the minerals into the water. Um, You can somebody. I wonder who that was. Somebody, somebody. We don't know. We'll never know. Um, Again, some of these are fine points because it's not like super like biting harsh mineral. Like, like Brian likes to say, like licking a rock. Um, It's got a little coffee, like in the aftertaste. It does have some richness to it. I'm glad to see my licking a rock terminology is coming into (laughs) vogue here. Yeah. Honestly, it's you know it's been a while since I've had a a nut brown ale, and I'm kind of re-acclimating to the style. So I, I like I like the hoppy stuff. Call me crazy, but I don't I don't seek it out, and maybe I should. I I really enjoyed that that Samuel Smith's. You know, I'm, I'm giving that a new look here, and I'm giving this beer another uh, shake here as well. Last night I had it maybe a little too warm, and got a little some little things in it that that bugged me a little bit. But I think to style, it's actually um fairly fairly close and doing pretty well and you can have probably a little bit of minerally water from you know if they're pulling it up like sam samuel smiths for example from this 260 or whatever how old you know 300 year old well it's you know there's probably going to be some minerals in that water and that that british water in general is is yeah definitely um highly sulfated and it's going to express a little differently than you do if you just use a neutral water and add just enough calcium to get your mash to work. Mouthfeel wise, it's medium light bodied. It's just a little bit biting. It's not not creamy or super smooth. It does have a little little noticeable slight alcohol in there, but not not very hot, not warm, or hot or going, you know burning and throat at all. It's just a little bit, but not too much. Medium low CO2. I guess you know after the the head fell flat. It does still have CO2 in it because you can still feel a little, little bit of prickle, a little bit uh, of bite to it, maybe kind of playing off the, the minerals that I'm getting in there too. But overall, it's a fairly clean ale, other than the very, very light diacetyl that I got, which again, as as, as uh, Brian mentions, is acceptable in a lot of English characters, uh, in English beers. It's not mentioned specifically in the, the 2015 guidelines for this style, which is what I was working from. I need to check the 2021 and get up to the times i don't know if it says anything about that i could check it real quick the beer may have some other the thing that was bothering me a little bit is that head and i'm trying to get at what what's causing that and if it doesn't have best something in it that's a little oily or other another attribute that's getting in the, the way of good head retention i if you used actual nuts in it or something that had some oils to them or something that would <laughs> yeah maybe that'd be a way to try to trick your trick you know the beer and cheat, cheat your way into another character. Cooper, you'd be a
3: good conspiracy
2: theorist. Just grasping a straws. Like, I don't
3: know. Maybe the fucking earth is flat. I don't fucking why? know. I don't why know. Why did the is. head? Why did the head fall flat? Too much it's, adrenochrome in here. I think is what really uh, is happening, uh, 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 and we should sorry. just push that as the narrative. Um. Yeah. You um, know. It, it, it. It's funny you mentioned that because it almost tastes like, and maybe this is the minerality. It almost tastes overcarbonated, too prickly, too. Abrasive so in that regard, but like I just poured yeah. some and the head lasted twenty seconds.
2: Yeah, it just it just fades right away, and it just it it has like the mm. when you pour a soda that kind of a sound. Yes,
3: yeah, and that kind of honestly that that it lasts a little bit longer than a soda, but not really. Uh, anyway, did you score it, Coop? And we'll get to a Sean, and then we can yeah. stop
2: guessing at shit. I landed at a. Um, I, I, it would be a thirty-one if I had the tail on top of the my one. So it was. I landed at a thirty-one. There, yeah. But it is still in the very good category. Um, you know, generally within style parameters, which I would say is is true. Um, some minor issues here, but um, nothing that we can't help you fix. And you know, I think just you know maybe a little bit more of, of the the English hop and a little bit more uh, well, just a touch more bitterness would add a little counterpoint to the the malt that's there it's a very drinkable beer nonetheless yeah um just needs a little more little more body to me it was, came okay. across a little watery and maybe use a the rest mm. to clean up that the diastole the in there all right sean yeah
1: are, are you yes, there sir. are
3: you still alive Yes, I am. <laughs> you survived the brutal beating given yeah. to you by the two doctors' homebrew. Um, what do you think, man? Let's do let's let's run through your recipe real fast and see if we can't uh, you know figure out what what's making this head drop, and then um, you know we'll get your feedback and all that kind of fun stuff.
1: Uh, so uh, it's uh, it was ten pounds of uh, mare solder at eleven ounces of victory Mall. 9.5 ounces of cane sugar, six ounces of caramel, uh, 60, 4.2 ounces of pale chocolate, and 2.1 ounces of roasted barley. 1.57 ounces of East Kent Goldings, 60 minutes, 0.63 ounces East Kent Goldings at 15 minutes, and it's uh, 1469. Nice. Y yeast for the yeast.
3: What do you guys think? Sounds okay to me. I mean, did you? Uh, yeah, I like. I did, like you, did you treat your water at all? Like uh, Cooper was um, assaulting you with?
1: No, I did. Yeah, um, it was treated for like uh, English ale, just uh, two point five grams of Epsom and two point five grams of gypsum, point four grams of calcium fluoride.
2: And did you build that up from uh, your home water filtered or is it from a reverse a, osmosis? Okay. Yeah.
3: Mm. Okay, so stripped it out and replaced everything. Is that is that I don't know anything about water chemistry. I've one thing I've refused to, to try to learn cuz I mm. I can't. I hated it in high school. I'm not going to do it in my free time.
2: <laughs> so yeah.
1: What do you guys think? Is that a good... I can't
2: tell you... I can't do those calculations in my head. If you okay. told me where the mineral levels should have landed at in your water calculator, that would help me. But um, um, I would just generally say maybe back off the gypsum and the epsom salts a little bit on this the next time you make it. For me, that's that's going to give it a little less of the minerality, which is noticeable to me.
1: Yeah. But, uh, it was supposed to be like 52 calcium, 10 magnesium, 6... Sodium 1065 SO4 126 HCO3.
2: Yeah, that's not crazy. So, by the numbers, it yeah. sounds reasonably good. Yeah, just enough calcium to, to get your mash going, fair amount, you know, moderate sulfate,
0: mm-hmm. uh, moderate carbonate. Well, fairly, fairly, mm-hmm. fairly high carbonate, but yeah. Were you were you looking at the Sam Smith's website when you decided to add some
1: cane sugar to your uh,
0: <laughs> your fermentation?
1: Yeah, you know, actually, this was based off of the Sam Smith's nut brown. Oh. I tried I tried to actually sort of imitate something of that nature with that recipe, um, but I just nice. kind of tweaked tweaked it to my own. And obviously, yeah. I couldn't use the uh, yeast, but fourteen sixty nine was the closest. Um, to that but I actually I really like 1469 it's one of my favorite so
3: you know they're they're not as dissimilar as you would guess by our uh, you know running through your beer I mean the Sam Smith's beer is a little more has a little more residual sweetness but maybe that's um, a minerality issue really more than anything Um, but the flavors are 60% sort of there like the malt flavors and stuff is kind of it's it definitely
2: echoes of, uh, of Sam
3: Smith's for sure.
2: What was your starting and finishing gravity on this one? Starting gravity was
1: 10.09. Okay.
2: That's, yeah, that's I mean, pretty uh, fine in there. Yeah. Be, that's a little bit on yeah, the that, dry good, side. Yeah. And I was going to say that it's probably dried out a little more than the, the Sam Smith's. Mm-hmm. You might back off the sugar just a little bit. And not let it dry out quite as much, I think. But it's you know, that's a fine point. It it shouldn't be a super sweet beer, anyway. But I think that the a little more sweetness there would let some of the richness just kind of shine and be accented. And if you left the minerality where it was or brought it down a little bit, it would help counteract that a little bit too. I just think that it's the the mineral quality is standing out because it's so dry, partly.
1: Yeah, understood. Um, The. Also, like when I made this, it was, I kegged it and I also put this on nitro. So Hmm. cool. It was a little bit different, you know, a little bit smoother. But, um, you know, obviously for your purposes, I kind of had to carbonate it. So yeah.
3: How was the nitro version? Is that something you would do again? Sounds interesting.
1: Yeah, actually, it actually turned out really good. I liked it. Okay. Cause I've, I've probably more than, more so than this version.
3: Okay, I have a theory where, you know, nitrogen beers, they need to be built for the nitrogen because nitrogen for me gives it's a creaminess and maybe a little sweet kind of thing, or at least a lack of that CO2 bite. The bite Um, is out of the
2: way. Yeah, Yeah. the
3: bite's out of the way. And so there's a perception that it's a little more sweet. And so I I really do think that if you're building beers to be on nitrogen, you have to back off a little bit on sweetness or also just it's too much. It's too creamy. It's too whatever yeah you can probably yeah, get I, away I with you but i think this would be good on nitrogen because it is sort of
2: especially with that minerality it's um, drier and it's, it's drier, creamy it's, it's yeah it could stand to have that that mouth-filling quality of the nitrogen
3: yeah i agree that sounds good uh hang on real fast so we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come back and we're gonna wrap things up okay mm-hmm. all right hang on everyone it's dr homebrew We're here wrapping up with Sean here. We're sort of getting to the fine details of his uh, recipe. We're just talking a little bit about um, nitrogen, nitrogenating stuff, and, uh, you know, like that. Yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, it's neat. It's an interesting idea. Do you throw things on nitrogen often, or did you know? Like, when did you get the idea to put this on nitrogen? Before you brewed it or after you tasted it?
1: Before I brewed it. Um, okay. I do. I do like nitro quite a bit. I I, I like my stouts. I like porters and things. like. I just like to throw stuff on nitro. And it's just, for me, it's, I like it. You know, some people yeah. aren't really into the nitro thing, but I, I like a more smooth, creamier beer Yeah. than maybe some. Um, do even
2: doing like nitro cold brew coffees now these days. Like, I mean, everything's going on nitro. And if you have the same beer in a brewery, nitro versus non- and you're a home brewer, you might want to, you know, invest in that, that kind of a setup. I thought it was pretty cool that you did. And uh you had your 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 nitro set up at NCHF there to to pour a beer. And and that's you know, I, I can count on one hand the number of brewers I know who have a
1: nitro system in their house. That's pretty rad. Yeah. This was actually the beer I had at uh NCHF. Same beer, yeah. On the, on the nitro, yes.
2: Yeah. I think it was popular there too. So yeah, it's. um, We had so many beers on there. I don't know that I got to taste all of them, but yeah, it was fun to have a nitro selection for sure.
3: Yeah, as your as your beer warms up, Sean, I'm drinking them side by side with that with that Sam Smith. They are strikingly, appropriately in line. You know, still far enough away for it to be different, obviously. But you know, and this this is a heat damaged and you know transit damaged and aged and whatever, but. They're, you know, like I said, they're echoes, man. I think you did a pretty good job, you know, corralling the the flavors there.
1: Thanks. Yeah, it was, uh, it, I mean, I just yeah, kind of just looked at what they put in it and tried to just guess and make it work, you know. Not
2: easy to do. So you did a, you did a good job. Char- I'm having a hard, yeah, harder time getting at that diacetyl in this sample, too. I keep going back to it, and it's like there's really – I don't know. Here's the other thing. Yeah, I came home to judge my beers last night for Dr. Homebrew. Yeah. And into our home appeared a um, a cinnamon scented broom, like a witch's broom. Oh, from yeah.
0: Joe's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, living room
2: with the the witch decoration, the, the, yeah. the witch skeleton that was built out there. And, you know, yeah. just Different family members have different priorities when it comes to keeping the home aroma free. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't really like candles very often. Um yeah. Incense.
3: Oh, I love, dude, don't get me started on like a bourbon pumpkin <laughs> candle this time of year. I Target, love a
2: good, yeah.
3: Target has them. Smells like the Haunted Mansion Halloween. That's all I'm saying. Cool. Delicious. Okay. Char,
0: what should've... do you think, man? Let's wrap it up here. Let Sean get out of here. No, I I pretty much uh have nothing to add to what uh Cooper was just saying. Okay. You you like a candle or you yeah, the beer? Uh, okay. <laughs> candles <laughs> with a nice freshly drawn bath. Yeah, Dr. Can, candle. Candles candles I can leave. Uh this beer I you know I think is really well done yeah. and uh, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. All right. I think Fair side
2: enough. by side with the Sams I, I, as I'm tasting them more and more, I think I could come up on my score a little bit. Uh-oh, here Minerality you go. and some of that stuff is just a, a little bit of a fine point yeah but um the again that the head was just off putting to me, and I think if you i don't know what you uh what did you mash at
3: while he's looking what are you gonna come up to yeah. cooper you're at a thirty one if i remember
1: thirty one yeah one one fifty two sixty okay. minutes okay
2: that's yeah that's not too low or too high, that's kind of in the middle, yeah. but
1: no uh um,
2: no step mash or anything. I'll come up to uh, a thirty. Just,
1: just a mash out at one sixty eight, but it was a single infusion. I'll do a thirty three, JP. Hey, there um, you
0: go. And uh, Char, uh, you were
3: what thirty uh, seven?
0: Uh, yeah, I I was at a thirty seven, thirty seven. Right. Um, so
2: the um, what you want to have good head retention in addition to not having anything that's oily at all in the beer to to kill the head is a lot of kind of, you know, medium and medium, small chain proteins, just to build that head up and and kind of get something that's going to link together in there. And, you know, if you do, if you can, you know, if you're, if your malts that you're using don't have enough available protein in that size range to, to work, you can do a little bit of a protein rest. Uh, you know, let it sit at uh, 120-ish for a little while, you know, thirty minutes or something, before you go up to the sac- sacrification rest. Uh, it was like 119 to 122 or something in there. I don't know; I don't have it memorized. But look up protein <laughs> rests. Then you can do that pretty easily by just doing a. You know, you could do a pretty thick mash and just add part of your water until you get to that temperature, and just add the rest of your water to get up to the sacrification temperature and, and maybe it, it has to be a little thinner mash, have a little extra water on hand to make sure you get to that point that you want to get at. But, or if you have a, you know, perms or rims just, you know, you just go for it. But yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Um, that's cool. something you can do to, to
1: kind of, if, if you're. Yeah, you're actually involved, some, of the, of, some of the, le- some of the, some of the beers I've made the last few months i have done like a bunch of different step mashes on them so okay um, i i have tried you know protein rests on a couple of them here and there so and then sometimes you know
2: if the malt is just right already coming out that then do you know if you're already doing a protein rest and it's breaking the proteins down too far it's a tiny you know almost just amino acids then Less protein rest is the answer. So it depends on where you're at, where your malt's at, what you're what you're doing. I think most malts that you use these days, in general, don't really need a protein rest, but because you get a head just fine. But it seems like there was something getting in the way of that. I mean, I guess just make sure that everything that touches the beer doesn't have any kind of oily property to it, or you know, I don't know. But yeah, it doesn't. i was halfway thinking oh maybe he's gonna tell me he put something really weird in the beer and i was like that's why i was just like going down these weird conspiracy theory paths but it's like <laughs> i don't know i'm just guessing here it's just yeah i don't um i know you know how to brew but there's something weird happening with the head there so maybe i'll, I'll come over and brew with you sometime we'll, we'll there you go we'll check it out that's your punishment sean
3: <laughs> Oh darn! that's your punishment Shucks. it's the hangout <laughs> of hey, ryan coover uh um, all right sean well if if that's it we'll let you
1: go yeah yeah sounds good thanks guys appreciate cool. it all appreciate right. you saying yeah and all uh right, if I you guys one. want
3: to be like sean which i recommend you do email brian at the brewing and send us a beer that has problems and brian cooper will come over this president already said char is a witness uh brian <clears throat> cooper will come over and rebrew your problem beer with you for free you don't have to pay yeah. for his airfare or his hotel yeah. he'll just crash on your futon and, uh, you know, feed them, scratch them behind the ears. It'll be good. If you have a dartboard in your garage, we could use that to brew with mm. or to sleep on. Sometimes. Okay. Both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, Brian you know. at thebringnetwork.com gets you on the, the waiting list of this very popular, very in demand uh, podcast series that never ends, which is fine with me. We need to drink a lot of beer. All right, everyone. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I appreciate it. Until next time,
2: we'll see you. Cheers. Cheers.